grace. The great grace of the Lord Jesus Christ fill your spiritual stomach and burn through your whole mind the river of life. Amen. Revelation chapter 5 has been my favorite this week. I like to read from Revelation every day. Ideally, go through the whole book every day, but I honestly don't have that much time all the time, but I do when I can. And I used to be a severe drug addict. I was a crackhead. I was a meth head. I was a coke head. I did heroin. I did a lot of hard drugs back in the day. And I tell you the truth, I've been clean a long time. Nothing gets me more high than the Word. It is my new drug. <laughs> All of the counterfeit of Satan, of drugs and alcoholism that we've been involved with is the counterfeit of getting high on the anointing oil in the new wine and the Word. I tell you the truth, I'll spend the same amount of time I did doing drugs in the Word, and I'll get more high on the Word. Now, it doesn't always start like that. you got to really give your heart to Jesus and show God you're not just you know, a fake hypocrite wannabe Pharisee, you know, give him some room in your heart and the tree of life, which is heaven on earth, will grow in you and you'll feel more high than all the drug addicts in the world combined. A lot of people want a quick microwave fix and sometimes he does give you a quick microwave fix. Other times he'll test you to see if you're just evil. <laughs> Literally. He'll test you to see if you just want to use him for your own selfish purposes in Babylon like a new pyramid scheme or something. So really get real in the Word and and let this Word change your heart. You know? Like a sower sowing seed. Jesus taught that the Word was like sow, seed time and harvest, sowing and reaping. And who sows and immediately reaps? I mean, there's not a farmer in the world that sows the seed and it's like, oh, come on! Where's my fruit? You know, where's my harvest? I mean, dude, you just sowed seed like yesterday. You know, water the seed, tend the garden, you know? Don't be all ADHD on us expecting to get some microwave Jesus Christ fruit. That's not how the kingdom works. God is very patient. And for a lot of us coming out of so much religion, we're frustrated by the Father's patience. Because His timeline is not our timeline. You need to synchronize your heart with the Father's heart and rest in the Selah of God. <laughs> Where it's like, alright, I got your word, I got your seed, your, my whole heart belongs to you, Father, and I'm just going to let you grow me. I'm not going to get impatient, I'm not going to get out of the river, because we know that's only death on the banks of the river is where you find the cities of Sodom of all rebellion and the cities of Egypt of all religion. I'm not going to get into some death and hell just because I don't get what I want from God in my timeline. Okay, we're not immature Christians. We've already learned those lessons. We're going to stay in the river. We're going to stay attached to the vine. And we're going to bear fruit that lasts. Amen? And this is one of those chapters that will just blow your mind in the goodness of God. It's a love story. It's a love story. Today, driving to the broadcast, the Father was speaking to me about the love of Peter, the love of Paul, and the love of John. In 1 John and Paul's epistles, in the book of 1 Peter, these three great apostles and men of God that wrote the Scriptures, 
They say the very height and pinnacle of life is love. And I tell you the truth, I'm just learning about this stuff. I've been in the prophetic and I've been in the sign and wonders movement since the day I was born again for 19 years. I have seen every miracle, sign and wonder, unimaginable under the sun performed. But this love stuff is greater. It's greater. I'm beginning to understand what Paul, what John, and what Peter were talking about. They've been walking in the heights of Jesus Christ's ministry. We're talking like 20, 30, 40 years in blazing anointing oil. And they're telling you about this love stuff. And in Christianity, we, we cheapen love to be like being nice, like it's phileo, like some kind of human love that honors someone's carnal nature and honors someone's opinions and honors someone's humanity. But that's not divine love at all. You know, that's human love. That's phileo love. Agape love is what you strive for as Christians. And I mean strive, because you sacrifice everything for this agape love. If there's anything blocking you from experiencing agape, there's no doubt about it. It's a demon. It's a devil. It's a lie. You're getting ripped off by the kingdom of hell big time. It's <laughs> This is what you want. This is the pinnacle of life itself. Life himself. Agape love. And what it really is, is Christian energy. Christian love. It's a river of life. It's a river of his blood. It's the river of his blood sacrifice. And this is the place of encountering the ox of God, for our God has four faces. He's the wonderful four-faced man in the book of Ezekiel. And one of these faces is the ox of God, and the ox threshes through the hearts of the nations with head down, horns out, and has no expectations on anyone. He's the servant of all. He plows hearts. I mean, you ever watch an ox plow a field? Look it up. I mean, these animals are the greatest servants of the earth, and God himself is an ox. When Moses came down from the mountain talking with God face to face, the Bible says that he shone with horn-like appearance. The horn-like appearance of Moses was the ox of God because Moses, as an intercessor, was threshing the hearts of crooked Israel. Because crooked Israel had so much Egypt in their hearts, so much religion, so much idolatry, so much slavery, so much poverty in their hearts, that it took someone to stand in the gap and become God himself, Moses, the man of God, or the apostle of God, to thresh the hearts of these crooked idolaters. And they're down there, and they're in the sand, and they're building a golden image, a golden calf, and he melts it and makes them drink it. And that's the ox of God, the servant of all. Head down, horns out, no expectations, serving everyone agape love. And asking nothing in return. Seriously. The ox of God will break your heart. That's the true intercessor. The intercessory nature of the Father. It'll just so break you because we all have a little bit of pride in us. Some more than others. I mean, I mean, whew. Some people got so much pride, that's all they are, because they're religious demons, and their spirit is a religious spirit right in their stomach. They have Egypt, the city of religion, in their stomach, instead of Zion, the city of the anointing oil in their stomach, and so their very nature is pride. 
those people need a lot of threshing. And they'll get it. They'll get it. And maybe not from you, maybe from someone else. The thing is, is when you're in the nature of God the Father as servant of all, you don't even care anymore. That's the place you have to get into to have peace with God. The place of servanthood of the agape of God. That Christian love and that Christian energy, that divine river of life through all spiritual stomachs, through all the stomachs of Egypt, the religious, through all the stomachs of Sodom, the rebellious, in the whole world with no expectations. You will stress yourself out by expecting people to respond in obedience to you. I mean, you can't expect anything from these people. It's like having an animal, going to the pet store, and expecting this animal to fulfill your life. I mean, that's really, when you get into Christian energy, Christian love, and Christian ministry, it's like going to a pet store because in James and Revelation and throughout the Scripture, rebellious people and religious people are considered animals and are called animals in the Bible by God. The, the mark of the beast, the beastmen, the chief of the beasts of all the field. He's not talking about four-footed critters. He's talking about men and women with the carnal human nature. <laughs> God calls them animals, and He died on the cross for animals. But having expectations on people is like going to a pet shop and expecting that rabbit, that snake, that dog, or that cat to fulfill you. It's not going to fulfill you. Agape will fulfill you the servanthood of all, the throne of grace in the lowest place will fulfill you. And that's a place of real maturity. That's a place where you can't be shaken by anyone's sin anymore. Satan can't manipulate a person like that. But he can manipulate anyone else that's expecting people to perform, put on a magic show, you know, do some real nice signs and wonders, some real nice ministry, all this stuff that the human Christians expect from people, he can manipulate those people. He can manipulate the carnal mind and the unrenewed mind, but he cannot manipulate anyone that serves agape love, unconditional love. That's a place of perfect peace. That's a place of you can't be shaken by anything in the world. And that's the place of Christian maturity we need to get everyone into. The Apostle Peter said that is the highest thing you can obtain. He goes on in all these different things that you need to grow up into by depending on the Spirit of grace. The very last thing is Christian love. He's got a list. I mean, I've, I've posted it on Twitter and Facebook a couple times. It's in 1 Peter. Moving on to this, moving on to that, moving on to this other thing, growing, 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 growing. And the very last thing that you grow up into, Christian love. It is the highest heights. And I tell you the truth, there will be no revival in America, no never-ending revival in Minneapolis or any state in the Union until we grow down into the throne of grace in the Christian love, in the servanthood of the ox of God, and stop putting our carnal expectations on others because you don't know what their destinies are. You can say stuff but it's always so organic and it's a wild garden and it's a wild Eden paradise and God will mix it up and mess you up and He'll do something different. He'll put a spin on it for you because you cannot predict God. 
the prophets try to predict God and they can interpret the divine will and you know we can be really prophetic and all that but the Father will constantly blow your mind. It's a promise, Ephesians 2.20, that He always does exceedingly abundantly beyond all you can ex- expect, imagine, or pray for by that dunamis energy that works in your spirit. That dunamis that raises you from the dead even while in the body. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for blowing our minds. Revelation 5. You guys see 555 a lot? Great grace all over the place. It's probably one of the most common numbers I've been seeing for the last 10 years. The numbers, people call them angel numbers. You know, it's kind of a new age thing, but you got to remember there's a book in the Bible called the Book of Numbers. Our God is a numerologist. You know, We'd read all the numbers in the Bible, and I encourage you, when you get the numbers, study them out in the Scripture. Because all those numbers are in the Bible. It just, I do, I go on to Bible Gateway, and I'll look up, what is 10,000? And all the Scriptures studying 10,000. What is 333? I'll study 33. I'll study 300. Gideon's army of 300. Jesus Christ was 33 years old. And the Father is a mathematician. He really is. And He'll use numbers constantly. And five is one of the most common numbers we get. Five is the number of grace. (laughs) Revelation chapter 5. And I saw lying on the open hand of him who was seated on the throne, a scroll, book, written within and on the back, closed and sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel announcing in a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll? And who is entitled and deserves and is morally fit to break its seals? And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth in the realm of the dead Hades was able to open the scroll or to take a single look at its contents. And I wept audibly and bitterly because no one was found fit to open the scroll or to inspect it. Then one of the elders of the heavenly Sanhedrin said to me, Stop weeping. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root source of David, has won, has overcome and conquered. He can open the scroll and break its seven seals. And there between the throne and the four living creatures, ones, beings, and among the elders of the heavenly Sanhedrin, I saw a lamb standing, as though it had been slain (laughs) with seven horns and with seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, the sevenfold Holy Spirit, who have been sent on duty far and wide into all the earth. He went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne, and when he had taken the scroll, book, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders of the heavenly Sanhedrin prostrated themselves before the Lamb. Each was holding a harp, lute, or guitar, and they had golden bowls full of incense, fragrant spices, and gums for burning, which are the prayers of God's people, the saints. And now they sing a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll, and to break the seals that are on it. 
for you are slain sacrificed, and with your blood you purchased men unto God from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them a kingdom, royal race, and priests to our God, and they shall reign as kings over the earth. Then I looked and I heard, and voices of many angels on every side of the throne, and of the living creatures and the elders of the heavenly Sanhedrin. And they numbered ten thousand times ten thousand, and thousands of thousands, saying in a loud voice, Deserving is the Lamb who was sacrificed to receive all the power and riches and wisdom and might and honor and majesty, glory, splendor, and blessing. And I heard every created thing in heaven and on earth and under the earth in Hades, the place of departed spirits, and on the sea and all that is in it, crying out together, To him who is seated on the throne and to the Lamb, be ascribed the blessing and the honor and the majesty, glory, splendor, and the power, might and dominion forever and ever, through the eternities of the eternities. Then the four living creatures, ones being said, Amen, so be it. And the elders of the heavenly Sanhedrin prostrated themselves and worshipped him who lives forever and ever. Amen. <laughs> we love you guys. Be blessed. We'll see you tomorrow.